So tonight, uh, we're kicking off this series called Kings and Queens. Um, how many of you guys, uh, so uh, several years ago, several years ago, and it's still a game, and it's still kind of a popular game, I guess, but there's this game called Texas Hold'em. Anybody know Texas Hold'em? Anybody know how to play Texas Hold'em? Okay, this, so it used to be like, it was more popular than it is now, and so one night, me, and it was back when we lived uh away and one night me and a group of guys we had a game night and um and i'm not uh, just so you guys know i am not a gambling kind of guy i'm not a gambling man uh, but one night a group of guys got together just for fun and they they were like well let's make this interesting let's uh let's put some money on the night and so like had a group of guys come over we played some texas hold'em and so here here's how the night went uh, we were playing, and I don't know a whole lot about this game. I knew a little bit of it, and so, but I was playing this game, and I was winning somehow. The cards were turning in my favor, and I was winning. I was doing well. I was earning some money. I was feeling really good about myself. I was making some cash, and, and uh, it was exciting. It was thrilling. I was winning Texas Hold'em, and I was getting confident, and each time I would put a little bit more money out there put a little bit more money out there. I was getting really confident in myself. And then, so we took a break for a little while. And because if you know you play that game, it's going to take you a while to play uh, until someone wins everything. And then, so we took a little break. We come back to the game and I lose the first round. I lose the second round. And like by the, by like four rounds later, I lose all my money. And I was, and I, like I said, I, I am not a gambling person, and I know it's not like, uh, I wasn't like a lot of money, but, but there's, there's a lot of people who, who gamble and they shell out money in every year in hopes that, uh, maybe in hopes that they hit the right number or in hopes that they, um, they get the right card, or they, they, all the symbols line up on the machine. Um, uh, and every year, Americans lose about $240 billion on gambling. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. But you know, students, as I look around, and as I see our society, and as we look around um, our culture, I see people who are gambling with something way more valuable than money. I see people gambling with their hearts and people gambling in their relationships and in their lives. See, we all have this desire. We all have this major desire. Every single one of us, we have this desire to be loved. Every single one of us, we have a desire to be loved. We want to be loved and we want to know that the love is real. And that it's important, and that's a big deal, and 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 we're it's going to be real. And all of us are wired with this desire to be loved. And I think deep deep down, every single one of us, we have this longing for love. And the Bible tells us that we've been made in the image of God. Uh, it, that means that we are a, a reflection of who God is. The Bible says also that God is love. It doesn't just say that he's all about love or he's for love. It says that God is love. And if we're made in the image of God and that God is love, then and we've been made in his image, I can't 
help but think that we need to dive into what his desire is for love in our hearts, in our lives. Um, but you know, our, our culture, it's designed love as a feeling, as an emotion. And that's what our culture says that love should be. And that's what our culture says what love is. It says it's a feeling. It's a way that you should feel. It's, it's like this Hollywood type thing, like with, with butterflies in your stomach and, and like with like this hopeless romantic type love that you, it, it, like if you really though get past the surface of it, there's no sustainability to it. And we've, we've bought in so deep into this culture of the mindset uh, on that kind of love that the minute we, we think we found that kind of love, we're all in. We're all in on it. We say, we, we, when we find that kind of love, we say like, I'm in. I think you're the greatest. I love you. Here's my heart. Here's my body. Here's my soul. Here's everything about me. Here's my mind. Here's my emotions. Here's my everything. And we're, we're willing to gamble our hearts for the chance of fulfilling this desire of love. So tonight I want to talk to you about a woman who spent most of her life gambling with her heart, and she was losing everything. So if you got your Bibles tonight, we're going to be in the book of John, uh, John verse 1. And, uh, and so as you're turning there, by the way, as, as if, you're not, if you don't have your Bible tonight, it will be on the screen. Uh, by the way, great job singing tonight, Elizabeth. That was awesome. Yeah? So I had the verses in my text, but I don't know what I did with them. So I'm just going to read it as, as it comes up on the screen. So there, by the way, there's a lot of verses tonight. Um, but here, here's what I want you to know. Um, so it says this, Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John, though Jesus himself didn't baptize him, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee, Galilee, and he had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat warily beside the well about noontime. It was in the middle of the day. So soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at that time because his disciples has gone, had gone into the village to buy some food. Um, so what's going on here? Back in the day, um, actually, you know, Jesus was a Jew, and, and so he was passing through the Samaritan area, and actually what most Jews would do, because they hated Samaritans so much, they wouldn't even go through their town. They would just totally bypass and go all the way around these Samaritan villages, these Samaritan to towns, and, and they would go around it. And so Jesus, he was an intentionally going through Samaria, <clears throat> going through this area because he intentionally wanted to run into this woman. And you know, students, no matter where you are at in your life, Jesus is intentionally seeking you as well. And, and you see, students, Jesus, he's, he's intentionally looking for us because he's got something great that he wants to do in us. So he's intentionally, he's going out of his way to look for us because he wants to do something significant in us. And so, um, so we're going to pick back up the story here. 
So actually, we're going to skip down a few verses. So Jesus is having a conversation at the well. And just, just so you know, this woman came to the well at noontime, which is the hottest part of the day. It's the worst part of the day to go to the well. And the reason that she, most Samaritan women went either early in the day or late at night because that was the cooler time of the day. And, and, uh, and she, this woman had something to hide. She had something to hide. So she went during the day when no one else was going to be there. And so she shows up at the well, and, and, and so Jesus starts talking to her and starts having a conversation with her. And, and by the way, it was, it was also a, a weird thing for a man to be speaking, especially a Jewish man, to be speaking to a Samaritan woman at the well. And so he's having this conversation with her. And so in verse 16, he says, because he knows what he's doing. He knows right how to get right to our hearts. And so he tells her, he says, go and get your husband, Jesus told her. And she replies, I don't have a husband. And then Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband, for you've had five husbands. Everybody go, ooh. Yeah, and you're not even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. And so Jesus, he's kind of calling her out. And see, what's been happening, the woman had had a few husbands. She had had five husbands, and he was calling What the woman had been doing is she's been gambling with her heart. She'd been gambling with her heart over and over and over again. And what was she looking for? She was looking for love. She was looking for love, and she was looking for that thing that we're all looking for. And she was giving herself to guy after guy after guy and thinking that at some point that she was going to find that fulfillment that she's been looking for. But the truth is that really this lady, she was emotionally broken. And, and, and she tried to go all in in these relationships and was losing. And there was a reason that she was getting water at noon, the hottest part of the day, because she was an outcast in her village. The woman usually went to the well either early morning or late at night, and she wasn't willing to go at the same time that they were. She was the one that they talked about. She was the one that they looked down on. She was the one they talked uh, about to all the, all the other people. And, you know, students, here, here's what I love, though, about Jesus. Here's what I love about our Jesus. Jesus knows everything about us, but he still chooses to love us. Jess, would you put that up there? He knows everything about us but he still chooses to love us. You know what that means? He knows all your past. He knows your hurts. He knows your pains. He even knows your thoughts. He knows what you're going through. He knows your your relationships. He knows what you've done. He knows knows everything. And, And I think for a lot of people, you're like, especially with our friends or maybe in our relationships, you're like, well, I don't want them to know that, or I don't want them to know this, or they don't need to know that. And But really, Jesus... He, because we, we don't share things with people because we're afraid that they're going to reject us or say something about us or, or turn us away or not want to be our friend or not want to be in a relationship. But Jesus, he knows absolutely everything about us, but he still chooses to love us. And so what happens next in the story? Uh, then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Verse 27, then his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? 
So the people came streaming from the village to see him. See, the woman, in all of her brokenness, in all of her hurt, in all of her pain, in everything that she was going through, in all of her brokenness, um, in, in all of her emptiness, she found hope in Jesus. And, and Jesus radically changed her life. Right there at a well. She put her heart in his hands, and not only did he change her life, but he used her to change other people's lives. I love how she took off. She, just, she left her water jar, and she just ran to town. Hey, you guys got to hear this. Hey, you guys got to know. Jeez, you got you to hear about this guy, Jesus. He told me everything I've ever done. He's, told, he's talked to me about everything I've ever walked through, and he loves me just the same. I love how he chooses to love us no matter our faults, no matter what we've done. And here's the truth tonight. Jesus wants us to experience his love to the fullest so we can give his love to the fullest. So he wants us to experience his love to the fullest so we can turn around and give that love to the fullest. So, you know, um, I don't think it's a mistake that you're here tonight. And, and really, yeah, all month long, we're going to be talking about relationships and dating and love and all these kinds of things. But really, first and foremost, what I want you all to catch and I want you, what you all to understand tonight, even before we get into uh, in depth about all these other things, is that Jesus, he, he wants us to know his love so we can give love. And I'm not talking about maybe in a, in a relationship, but also in friendships, also in, a, in our homes, also in our schools and in our lives. You know, you're going to make the most effect in people's lives. I mean, look at, look at the woman at the well. She didn't turn around and go, go to her five ex-husbands and be like, let me tell you about Jesus. She went to the town. She went and told everyone. It's Jesus' love. He wants us to experience his love so we can give his love. Like our, our thing we said earlier tonight is Jesus wants to um, experience, he wants us to experience his love to the fullest so we can give his love to the fullest. And, and I don't think it's any mistake that you're here tonight or, or you were just here by chance tonight. And I really believe that um, just like the woman at the well, listen, please. Just like the woman at the well, Jesus is crossing your path tonight. And, and he's stepping into your life tonight. And he just wants to challenge you tonight. Um, but, but there's, and he wants you to, to hear this and apply it to your life tonight. And so here's my challenge to you guys tonight uh, as we're kind of closing out after we're taking these next few moments. I want you to think about the state of your heart. I want you to think about what, what you're putting into your heart, what's coming out of your heart, the, the connections. May, it may not even be a, a boy or a girl. It may be a friendship connection. It may be your family connection. But think about the state of your heart. Where are you opening? Who are you opening up your heart to? Where are you placing your heart um, to be changed? And, and have you been gambling with it? Are you gambling with it? And have you been chasing all sorts of things where you keep falling short. <clears throat> Maybe it's time to put your heart in Jesus' hands or for some of you back in Jesus' hands because here's what I know to be true and the last thing I want you to catch tonight is the only sure bet that you'll have is trusting Jesus with your heart. 
All, all, everything else will fail in your life. There will be people, there will be relationships, your family, your friends. All kinds of people will fail you in your life, but Jesus never will. He'll never fail you. And so really my heart behind this tonight is, obviously, yes, you have to know in your relationship with Jesus before you can have a relationship with others. <clears throat> but really, honestly, before you give your heart to someone else, you have to grow this heart for Jesus. And I, and I think a lot of you guys um, who have grown up in this church, you're like, oh, I've done that. And I'm ready to be a relationship now. I, I disagree. <laughs> um, because I think we, a lot of times, we halfway put our hearts into a relationship with Jesus. And then all of a sudden, we're like, I'm ready for a girlfriend. Or I'm ready for a boyfriend. And, and when we really need to connect, and we really need to think about really how it all starts is our connection, our relationship with Jesus. And that has to be strong before we can ever build a relationship with someone else. And so I want to encourage you to build that relationship with Jesus before it ever spills over into someone else's life. And I know, I get it, we got hormones and we got, we're excited and we, we girls are attractive and guys for girls are attractive and, and we're, we want to be, we desire to be, it's, it's natural that we desire to be in relationships. It's totally natural. But before we get there, we have to be closer to Jesus than we're ever going to be to any boy or girl. 